Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This show is sponsored by Get Your Money Together Bootcamp. Oh My Dollar's immersive online course that covers step-by-step everything you need to know to craft your money plan, including instructional videos and worksheets. To sign up and get started conquering your money, head to bootcamp.ohmydollar.com. Use code podcast for 15% off. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake. And I'm Will, your non-expert host. <laughs> Let's talk about money. Uh, so we're going to talk about a kind of heady subject today, which is um, maybe a little more policy related than we usually dive into. But I've had a lot of questions from folks that about the difference between 1099 or independent contractor and W-2 or uh, regular employee. So like hard and fast, how would I tell the difference? Um, There is no hard and fast definition. um, And that's sort of the frustrating thing about it. Uh, the, there is a bunch of different kind of tests that an employer and an employee can do to figure out if they fall within kind of the common law rules, as the IRS puts it. Um, and those fall in three different camps, behavioral, financial, and type of relationship. I have had a ton of different jobs over the years, and often I have some jobs that I am a W-2 employee and some jobs that I am 1099. Mm-hmm. And 1099, what it technically means is that you are an independent contractor. And so that means that you are a business that they are contracting with. That's the way that the law views it with. So if you are a 1099 contractor, the strictest definition is that you run your own business and they are contracting your business to pr- fulfill a service. Okay. Well, that makes because most 1099 jobs I've had have been things like a uh, coffee distributor or, or sound technician where they've been telling me to do something and then not really telling me how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that falls under the category of the behavioral test, right? So... Um, one of the behavioral tests is does the company control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? Um, And so this is kind of, this falls into the category of do you have to um, often like, do you have to wear a uniform? Do you have to report at a certain time and place to a certain place? Um, And you could, you could have a contract job that is legally a contract job where you need to show up. Like sound tech is a great example, right? Like you're running the sound for a concert or something and they've hired you to do this one off, but you're still kind of presumably a business. Um, And this is where the other tests would come in. So even though you, you know, might have a time and a place you have to report to, you come in, you do your job, and then you leave. You're not having to go to staff meetings. You're not, you know, you might do a roundup before the show with other people that are working on it, but you're not, like, doing a regular, like, who's going to clear out the fridge kind of meeting or something like that. <laughs> no casual Fridays. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Blue jean Wednesdays. 
you're not necessarily one of one of the tests where this often comes down to is the very simple definition of clothing. If you need to be wearing something with the company's logo on it, that often falls under the behavioral category of you should be an employee and not a contractor because you're representing their business then, right? As opposed to your own business if you were a contractor. Interesting. I'm already starting to feel like some of my 1099 jobs probably should have been W-2 jobs. Uh, and that is incredibly common. I actually think, you know how we had this conversation kind of nationally a couple years ago about unpaid internships mm-hmm. where people started to realize like, holy crap, most internships that are unpaid are not legal. Um, there, I, th- I think that we're very due for a conversation about um, independent contractors because I, especially in the nonprofit industry, this is huge um the use of 1099 contractors instead of w-2 employees when legally you should be considered an employee is rampant um Mm. and what is forcing the conversation now is this the hot word right gig economy yep yep and so technically everybody that's an uber driver or a postmates deliverer all of these things um all these gig economy jobs working for handy you know, doing a task rabbit job, you are technically a business if you're doing that. But you you should meet the definition of an employee in a lot of ways, right? Because even though you're choosing the how you work and when you work, you're doing everything through this. You're controlled by this third party. Right, company. Yeah, sort of on the financial aspect, all the business aspects of the worker's job seem controlled by the payers. Yeah, uh, this is where the IRS is very like, hey, it's kind of up to you. Like you should try to figure this out. There's no hard and fast rules necessarily. There's a series of tests questions that you can ask to kind of determine if someone falls in 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 between um and uber and lyft and all of these gig economy jobs fall into kind of a gray area in between right where everybody's getting paid as an independent contractor but uber is a great example if your rating falls below a four you won't get jobs anymore and the company has complete control over that you only receive and take jobs through the app um Mm-hmm. And so you've got like really concrete limitations. Right. It's not like you're a taxi driver outside of Uber. Yeah. But they but they do fall into one of the definitions, which is um, behavioral. You own all of the equipment that you do the job with. Right. So um, an oh. independent contractor, one of the tests are, do you provide your own equipment? Uh, if so, you're probably an independent contractor. So I had a job where I got paid as 1099, which looking back, I'm like, oh, you were young and naive because um, I kept kind of asking like, hey, I think I'm a W-2 employee and I never really advocated for myself. And as you know, this really can bite you on taxes. But like I came into an office, I went to staff meetings and I sat at a computer they provided and, you know, did work in their office and I had a set schedule and blah, blah, blah. That falls very firmly, generally, in the category of an employee. Um, but with Uber, Lyft, and all of those things, you're actually, and with Handy, like if you're doing cleaning jobs, you're bringing all the stuff. You have your own car, you have your own, um, you know, mops and mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm. those things. And so that would fall under the definition of independent contractor. One of the big things that is kind of interesting is financial control. So the financial control essentially says, do you have significant investment into the equipment that you use? Um, but it also can come into like, are, do you have unreimbursed expenses? So do you have expenses? Do you have wear and tear? Um, so a car for 
Lyft is a great example. Yeah. You have you have unreimbursed wear and tear on your on your on your vehicle mm-hmm. um, or like tools for a construction worker i imagine exactly or... like if you've got a vacuum and you need to get maintenance on it or something if mm-hmm. you're a house cleaner um those all fall very clearly like my you know my partner does a lot of um live video streaming uh for conferences and he is he is a really expensive amount of equipment and um and all of that equipment is not provided by the employer. So when he goes and does a gig, he brings, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of equipment to set up and do this live streaming. But he has to maintain that. He has to do repairs on that. And the employee employer does not do that, which means he falls into the definition of a, a, a independent contractor. Right. One of the big ones is, are the services available to the market? So... If an independent contractor is able to seek out other business opportunities, can they advertise? Can they have a business location? Then yes, they're an independent contractor. Sometimes places will put you down as a 1099 contractor, but then put limitations on your ability to seek other work. They can say, oh, we have right of first refusal. You can't do any other contracting for any of our competitors, blah, 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 blah. That is a great example of often you are then an employee. Not a hundred percent of the time, as 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 you may have figured out, this is this is all about a negotiation um, between the employer and the employee um, or the contractor or not. There's a really there's a really interesting policy conversation that's going on, which is to create something that's in between the two of these. As as you and I both know, this gets abused all the time uh, by employers, and the main reason that they would want to have you as a 1099 contractor instead of a W-2 employee is taxes. So it's a lot cheaper. Right. So they don't have to deal with your taxes. They don't have to deal with your taxes, which is one of the biggest things that you should know is if you are going to get paid as 1099, you need to demand a lot higher hourly wage than you would if you were Mm W-2. And that's because 30% of your money is going to fly right out the door for taxes because they're not withholding any of your taxes for those 1099s. And we've talked about this before. This is why this end up coming up. People don't really realize that they just sign whatever form that they get when they start the job. And they don't really realize it until they do taxes at the end of the year. And they go, holy crap. You know, I didn't realize that I didn't realize I needed to be setting 30 percent aside. So there's this this kind of in between definition in Canada called it a dependent contractor. A dependent contractor opposed to an independent contractor. Exactly. Um, And this is this is kind of in between. And it gives you some of the rights that an employee would have um, while still maintains that you're kind of like a free agent and you have your own vehicle and stuff like that. Um, and and that's actually a dependent contractor is the perfect definition for the gig economy these yeah, days. Yeah, that makes sense. You're, um, you are dependent on your independent work with yeah, like company. you can't get hired for a job unless you use the Uber app, right? Like, like right. The, you are dependent on them to provide uh, the, kind of the tool to be able to do the work. But, you know, you could also go work for Lyft at the same time and be double timing, you know, yeah, <laughs> both yeah, jobs. Yeah. And so dependent contractor is good. In Canada, there's um, they, they have a lot less at-will employment. And so they have a lot more, you know, they have paid maternity leave, unlike our heathen country. Um, and... So dependent contractor gives you a lot more of those benefits. In the States, do you know what you gain as a W-2 employee other than them withholding your taxes? Protections like a workman's compensation? Yeah, workers' comp (laughs) is a big one. Unemployment insurance. Um, A great example is, so I work for a small local company, um, and so we pay TriMet taxes. So we pay, mm. uh, businesses pay payroll taxes um, that contribute to overall TriMet being able to operate. 
Um, and we also pay we pay a county tax, which is like 1.25%. And if you make over $60,000 a year as an independent contractor, you actually are going to owe those taxes. Hmm. Um, and those... On top of the on, 19% independent... It, yes, on top of your independent contractor and your um, income tax. And a lot of people don't realize that they, if if you are an independent contractor, you may actually, depending on how much you make, I mean, you have to make 60K, so that that's the threshold. Um, but it, essentially, it is tax evasion if your employer pays those taxes on other employees and chooses to have you as a 1099 contractor when you don't fit the legal kind of definition of 1099 contractor. Right. Um, because they are essentially TriMet isn't getting that money and unemployment insurance and workers comp is not getting that money. Yeah. And that often seems to be the swiftest way to, uh, to, uh, bring, bring the government down on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tax evasion. They don't like it. They're no. not a fan of it, you know, and it's, it's not a huge tax, right? It's like 1%. Um, so I, I mean, not that I'm saying like, oh, it's so good. Like, yeah. I yeah. would love it if you if save one percent <laughs> for retirement, guys. If you know, but um, it's not a huge tax, but it's the only source of taxes for TriMet in the county and the huh. city. And I didn't stuff. realize that was how TriMet was funded uh, through taxes. Yeah, so that's I mean, that was the thing during the recession when we had really high unemployment. TriMet was really really hurting budget wise because there were mm. less people employed, so there was less payroll taxes. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So we kind of covered behavioral, which is do you have the right to control what you do and does the employee kind of control what you do? Uh, financial is like, are there business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? Um, so this is like how the worker gets paid, whether or not your expenses are reimbursed, who provides the tools and supplies, do you have an interest? And then the last one is type of relationship. And this is, are there written contracts that, that show how the worker and the business perceive their relationship to each other? So if you've got, um, if you get, you know, sick days, because I know some 1099 contractors that get sick days, sick days are a pretty good indication that you should be an employee. Cool. Okay. Well, that's um, a good. <laughs> uh, things like insurance, pension plans, paid vacation. Um, these are benefits that are considered employee benefits. This is the thing, though. If, if you don't meet any of the other legal definitions of an independent contractor, your employer can't just write up a thing that says, hey, you're an independent contractor. This is a contract. You're signing it. Um, that the IRS is does not consider a contract alone to be indication of the fact that you're an independent contractor. Does that make sense? Right, right. They can't just say you're an independent contractor and make it so. Yes, yeah. exactly. So we've already talked about a lot of this 1099 stuff on another episode of the show earlier called... Uh, yeah, I back in April, um, right after taxes, we talked about how to kick butt with your tax refund, but we also uh, ran through different tax strategies for saving money on your 1099 taxes so that's the april 17th show april 17th cool well that wraps our show for today um will is headed out on a grand adventure yes, the grand east coast tour uh so <laughs> we'll we'll have a um a sub producer for the next couple weeks but um next week we're going to be diving in with a special guest to talk about uh ways to save money on food last week we covered how to save money the secret to saving money, which is quite simply spend less money. But that doesn't mean that strategies aren't helpful. So for all of June, we're going to cover different ways to save money. And uh, I'm really curious. What are your big expenses that you wish you could cut? What are things that you want to cut money on? What are your big sort of um, 
big expenses that you'd like to cut down, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in to podcast at ohmydollar.com or tweet at us at ohmydollar or Facebook us. Hashtag thrifty June. Hashtag thrifty June. <laughs> that wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. And till next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>